This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about thinking big, thinking big in your jazz playing. And what I mean by that is aspiring to be something that you probably could never attain. Perhaps it's playing just as good as Sonny Rollins. Perhaps it's playing with your own band at the Village Vanguard audacious goals that are really, really difficult to attain, if not impossible for you to attain. I want to talk about how this kind of thinking will actually propel you forward in your musical journey and will have tremendous output for you when you allow yourself to think this way. Let's dig into it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We want musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Do appreciate you being here and hope to deliver you some phenomenal value with the time that you've dedicated with me today. So thank you very, very much. Now, I got an email years ago from a podcast listener who said, Brent, I do not like your podcast because it's too, quote unquote, woo woo for me, which essentially the way I understand woo woo means it's a little too, uh, you know, get up to the conference and get all hyped up, you know, motivational speaker kind of a thing. And I'm here to say to you today, I unapologetically am going to give you a woo woo podcast episode today because that's in fact the entire point of today's podcast which is thinking big in your jazz playing and why it's actually a good thing to think way too big i'm talking so big that your jazz goals your aspirations are probably not achievable and how this is a good thing and i i really am fighting against something that has probably been repeated to you many times which is actually thinking big is a bad thing Right? Why is thinking big a bad thing? Because it's unrealistic, quote unquote, right? You're trying to reach for something that you just will never be able to reach. You'll never be talented enough. You aren't exceptional. You're not in the top 1% of people in this world that are able to play jazz at such a high level and have the freedom to play music. You just won't be able to do that. Or I'm too old or I'm too young or you fill in the blank of all the different reasons why all this will be doing if you think big will set you up for miserable, utter failure, which will lead to complete demotivation and you'll completely collapse as a musician and perhaps never pick up your instrument ever again, right? This is some of the traditional ways of thinking. We don't want to set ourselves up for failure. We don't want to think way too big. Now, of course, on the flip side of that, there's the whole shoot for the moon, land among the stars. Never understood why it wasn't shoot for the stars, land among the moon, because aren't the stars like farther away and the moon's closer? Doesn't matter, right? I mean, you get, you've heard that before as well, which is obviously more along the lines of what I'm talking about today. But I guarantee you that if you're listening to this 
episode with me right now, you probably more often than not fall in the camp of let's not shoot too high, lest not we disappoint ourselves, right? Or fail. We hate failure. So let's talk about some of the benefits of thinking big in your jazz playing today and why by the end of this episode, I want you to identify the most audacious goal that you could possibly come up with for your jazz playing. And the goal to be audacious is not because you want to play jazz professionally. Absolutely not. Most people who listen to this podcast are folks that do it for fun, aka hobbyists, right? Which is a great thing. You want to play music for fun. And that's honestly the best way to actually play music is just doing it for fun. But by being audacious, by being bold enough to suggest you could play as good as Bill Evans, right? Just as good as the great pianist, the best pianist probably that's ever existed, Bill Evans, right? That... Because of this goal, you will end up playing music with more joy, more freedom, and more happiness than you ever could have. So I want you to imagine something with me for a second. I want you to imagine that you are at the bottom of a very tall mountain. You can't even see the top of this mountain, right? Because if you've ever stood at the bottom of a mountain, perhaps you're going to climb up part of it. You cannot see the top, right? You could only see the top if you went 100 or 200 miles back and you could see the whole scope of the summit of the peak you're trying to climb to the top of. And so obviously mountains are great analogies, metaphors for our challenges in life, right? And in our case, becoming a better musician, right? Because sometimes when you're trying to claw your way up the steep, bouldery rocks that are improving at music... Sometimes you get frustrated. Sometimes you lose your grip. Sometimes you fall backwards a little bit. Sometimes you're not quite sure actually how to get to the next section of that mountain, right? It makes a lot of sense to look at it this way. So you're at the bottom of this mountain. And at the very peak of this mountain is a dangerous thought that you had once, right? And that dangerous thought is that you could be just as good as John Coltrane. You want to be just as good as the most innovative jazz musician and perhaps musician that's ever existed, right? At least he's within the tops of those. You want to be just as good, just as innovative, and just as creative as John Coltrane, right? Now, of course, most of the time you shush that voice because that's a dangerous voice. At least that's what you think. But regardless you know that it still exists. You know that you've thought it before. The no, you know that when you've listened to John Coltrane's recordings or seen videos of him playing on YouTube, you felt that feeling in your gut like, wow, wouldn't that be awesome if I could have that too, right? So let's just say for the sake of argument, at the very top of this peak, you can't even see the top of this peak because you're at the bottom, is you are just as good as John Coltrane. And let's just say also that this peak that you're staring up is Mount Everest or one of the tallest, uh, you know, one of the tallest mountains out there in, in Nepal or wherever out there in the world. A very high peak, one that's perhaps even dangerous to get to the top of. There's not oxygen at the top. You have, It's freezing cold up top. You're, you're going to have to, you know, really know what you're doing to get all the way to the top of that, right? That's the kind of challenge I'm talking about here. Doesn't matter though, because you're deciding to take the first steps up this mountain 
towards the goal of playing just as good as John Coltrane. All right? Audacious, right? Doesn't sound realistic, right? So here's what happens when we allow ourselves to dream big, to think big, to try challenging things, right? And music and in other areas of our life, of course. But today we're talking about music, obviously. What ends up happening is we end up getting just a little bit further up the road, right? So let's bring things down just a little bit. Let's just say that right now in your jazz playing, you are kind of a beginner, right? Or you're at least an intermediate player, but you don't really have a lot of skill and confidence in your jazz playing. And let's just say that actually one of the biggest goals that you have that might seem a little bit more achievable to you is you want to go to a jam session, your local jazz jam session, and not just go there and play, but go there and actually feel confident that you can play, feel like you know a lot of the jazz standards, and actually leave that jam session not feeling embarrassed or ashamed, but empowered and happy with the sounds that came out of your instrument, right? That's also a goal that you have. It's not as audacious, of course, not even near as audacious as playing just as good as John Coltrane. But nevertheless, you know that if you were to achieve that, it would open up all sorts of joy around playing music and studying jazz for you. So what happens is in our process of trying to play like John Coltrane, what we start doing, we start breaking down the elements of what it will take to play like John Coltrane. And we won't go into all the millions of different options that there are, but let's just say that part of that journey is learning jazz standards, which is something that we focus on in our inner circle membership. Because the more jazz standards we learn, the better we're going to get, so on and so forth. We're going to learn more harmonic lessons. So you're learning a jazz standard, but you're also at the same time trying to figure out what are some of the elements of John Coltrane's playing that make him sound so good. Well, one basic element that makes him sound so good is that even if he's playing, quote-unquote, outside playing, you can hear him playing the chord changes, especially when you listen to the Miles Davis recordings when he's playing with Miles Davis's band. You can hear him playing the chord changes. So how do you do that? So perhaps you start with a very simple, very, very simple strategy, like just outlining the chord tones of a jazz standard that you're practicing, right? Getting really good at those chord tones. And that's just one small step. It's just you taking a little bit step up that first little ledge onto the mountain. And you haven't mastered it yet, but you know that that same kind of ledge is going to come up further up the mountain. And so you continue to navigate that as you go along, right? And then you notice about John Coltrane's playing that, you know what, he actually played all of these different jazz standards. Maybe I should make a list of all these jazz standards that he played with Miles Davis. And, you know, actually, I noticed that some of these jazz standards are being played at my local jam session. So let's focus on those jazz standards first. Excellent. Okay. Now, what's another thing about John Coltrane's playing that I really like? Well, it's just the way that he melodically, you know, suddenly hits those high notes, you know, that one section. You know what? Let's stop for a second and let's actually learn that one chorus or that half a chorus or that one lick of John Coltrane and try to figure out what's going on. You learn that lick and you have zero idea what it means. You don't even know the theory behind it. You don't know what he was thinking. However, now you have it in your ear. 
And then somewhere along the lines in your studies, perhaps you're one of our inner circle members, you learn a piece of music theory, and suddenly you recognize what John Coltrane was doing, or at least part of what he was doing, right? He was outlining altered notes, which you didn't know what those were before, over top of dominant seventh chords and resolving them to chord tones of a stable chord. All these things you had no idea even existed before, but just the sheer fact that you learned that John Coltrane lick, suddenly you made a connection. It may not have happened right away, but it happened eventually, right? And then once you start learning some more of these jazz standards that you noticed Coltrane is playing, but also are being called at the jam session, you notice that these same kinds of musical scenarios happen over and over again. So then you have a great idea, and that idea is, well, what if I compose some of my own ideas, right, based on what John Coltrane kind of played? Maybe I can generate some more ideas, and maybe those ideas might more organically come out in my improvisations, right? Or perhaps I noticed that actually John Coltrane uses some melodic minor theory. I didn't know what melodic minor theory was until I found out just on the side by chance somewhere in my musical journey. But now let's try to see if we can apply that or pentatonics like John Coltrane likes to do all of the time. So obviously we're going on a little bit of a trail here, a little bit of a list of all these different things that just start organically happening when we are thinking big, right? And I want you to also pay attention to something and notice something, and that is that you are getting lost in projects, right? Because projects are the things that will continuously help you feel like you're winning every single time. When you're constantly achieving small projects that you've set out for yourself that are all aiming towards a particular goal, a particular objective that you have, you are triggering the reward sponsors reward responses in your brain, and therefore you are furthering motivation to continue, which is really the number one thing that you want to think about when it comes to improving in music long-term. The number one killer of long-term musical improvement is motivation, loss of motivation. And inevitably, we will lose motivation sometimes. There'll be moments where you're really excited. For example, we had an inner circle retreat for some of my members last month. And after that retreat, it was highly motivational. It was super exciting. A lot of the members' batteries were refilled. They were excited. They were ready to go. Perhaps you go to a live concert of some amazing jazz musicians. Well, you might notice that after you've gone and done that, you feel motivated. You feel excited. And so another way to do this, again, is projects. And so suddenly you're getting lost in all these projects and then all of a sudden you look back, you weren't really paying attention, you look back and you realize that actually you're pretty high up the mountain. Like you didn't know actually how you got that far up the mountain. You actually can't even see where you started anymore. There's several rock ledges that are now hiding that view. And in fact, you might actually feel a little bit impressed that you made it up as far as you did, and you look up higher, and for sure, you still can't anywhere close see the top at all. But while you were lost in those projects, while you were continuing up that mountain, you made some serious headway towards smaller goals, right? Like feeling proud when you listen back to a recording of your jazz playing. Or maybe again, like I said, eventually getting to the point where 
you have finally gotten to this place where you feel comfortable playing your local jazz jam session and you feel excited and you feel confident and you don't feel scared and you feel proud of the jazz solos that you're playing in front of other people, right? These are all things that end up happening, especially when we get engaged in these kinds of projects that are aimed towards our big picture vision. And just to give you an example of how this kind of works, one little tradition that happens in our Inner Circle membership is the main thing that we do in there is we learn one new jazz standard a month. We call it the Jazz Standards Club. And so what will often happen is members that have been around for, you know, at least a year or more, they'll post on a given month, like for example, the month of February, they'll post the jazz standard that we learned the prior year before. So for example, February, 2023, they'll post the jazz standard that we worked on in February, 2022, and they'll compare their recording of themselves from 2022 versus 2023. And what's always very apparent to me is that they have improved. They've usually marginally improved, like quite a bit. And that's kind of just one of those looking back down the mountain moments where in the process of heading somewhere that you actually have a goal, an aim, you end up getting further down the road. You end up creating that for yourself, right? So constantly when we're thinking big, it forces us up the road. And sometimes we, again, aren't audacious enough. Our goal is, our big audacious goal is just only what we can see. It's the only thing that we can imagine right now because we just can't even see any higher, right? So for example, maybe for you, all you can even imagine right now is, like just even being able to go to that public jam session and playing and feeling comfortable and confident. Forget about playing like the best jazz musician you've ever imagined, right? You don't even know what that means. You can't even fathom how that could be possible for you. But usually what ends up happening when we get to a point of musical breakthrough is we end up realizing that we have absolutely so much more that we can possibly gain and learn from. So now I want to put a little disclaimer on all of this, right? Because there are some dangers of thinking big, right? We're talking about why it's a good idea, obviously, but there still are some dangers to thinking big, right? So one danger is that by thinking big, again, like we mentioned earlier, you could possibly be perceiving that you are failing, right? And we really don't want you to perceive that you're failing at any point. And that's where it really becomes important to think about your big picture, right? That big thing that you want, the playing like John, just like John Coltrane, right? Just getting to that level. It's important to think of that as an aspiration that you continuously strive towards, but not that if you don't make it there, it means anything about you, right? The whole idea is that we are going to crawl and climb and reach for that thing. But the good news, the good part of it is because we've set our, our sights so high, we're going to indeed at least land much higher than what we are already at right now. One other risk of thinking big is that 
if you're the kind of person that is like me, who is a high achiever, <laughs> which means that you're always needing to kind of level up constantly, if you have your sights set really high, it could constantly put you in a state of discomfort, right? Meaning that because you're not reaching some huge goal that you have for yourself, you're just constantly not satisfied with your playing, right? And that's also not what we want either. We really want to view playing jazz and improving as a musician as a fun journey. And if at any point in time it stops becoming fun, it means that we need to recalibrate. And yes, indeed, sometimes that means recalibrating our expectations. But what I want to impress upon you here is your expectations, again, don't have to be that if I don't become as good as John Coltrane, I've somehow failed. Rather, your expectation is that in the pursuit of reaching for that big goal, you will improve exponentially, right? That you will see that progress happening. And so it's not a goal, a big picture goal to make you feel stressed about it or make you feel like there's a time limit that you have to reach it. It's more of a North Star. It's a place for you to aim your direction. And people that have direction typically achieve a lot more than people that don't have direction, right? It doesn't matter if it's music or something else. So always view this in a way of we're on a musical journey and we're here to have fun, right? Kind of like the way you live your day-to-day -day life. There are certain aspects of your life where you don't have these expectations that you have to do something amazing in one day, right? It's just every day you find something that gives you energy, that gives you something exciting to look forward to. And we create trips and we create outings and we create activities to do with our family. Like we do all these things and it's kind of the same in our musical life too. We're trying new things. We think this might be fun to do. We think this would be a good challenge you know what, I need to take a break for a little bit. Okay, now let's get back into it again. Right? That's just living life as a musician, right? And the big picture goal of that audacious goal doesn't have to be something that sucks the life out of the fun of music. It should be something instead that energizes it and charges it constantly into something bigger and into something better. So my question for you is, what is your big thinking? What is that audacious goal or that audacious thought? And can you get specific about what that is? And can you start taking one step up the mountain towards that and end up getting so much further in your jazz playing than you ever thought you could? All right, that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate you. I hope that you got some value out of today's episode. And of course, as always, make sure that you take action because action is the most important thing you can do when listening to this show. And if you want help on your journey, if you want help reaching these big picture visions that you have for your jazz playing, and you want to have other people to do it alongside with, and you want to have a lot of fun and live the journey of being a musician together, then definitely check out our Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle 
membership. We have a lot of fun in there. We have all kinds of musicians playing all kinds of instruments in there. We learn new jazz standards every single month. We improve every single month and have fun. So check it out. Learn jazz standards inner circle. That's ljsinnercircle.com or you'll find the links in the show notes today. All right. We're going to be coming out with another great episode next week. We'll see you back then. Cheers and happy practicing. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.